Hey everybody, welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Joey. And this week, we listened to Overwork, his album State from 2017. Yes, 2017. According, according to Genius, released September <laughs> 17th, 2017. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, kind of a kind of a fun housey album. I picked it because last week we did Gold Panda, and it was kind of housey, and so I I went with something adjacent. And I I really really love this album. And every time I listen to this album, I'm reminded how much I love this album. <laughs> uh, and I feel like it, it's kind of a vibe. We talked a little bit after the episode last week, and I kind of because i think you were looking into him a little bit and noticed that he was like a french like house music producer kind of thing and you're you're talking about the general vibe of like a lot of that french house stuff obviously a big example being daft punk (laughs) and daft punk is a huge influence i think on overwork uh well i mean i guess i know for a fact it is because he's done several like daft punk mixes i suppose uh but it's 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 a different beast so I, i i don't there will probably be some Daft Punk comparisons, but uh, I don't think overall I compared a lot of his music to Daft Punk. Just, just little bits here and there. One one part very much so, which I'm sure you'll, <laughs> you're aware of, but we'll, we'll nah, get to that. Nah. <laughs> we'll get to that. But first, we've got to attend some sort of funeral for all of the the albums we've done already, because we're, mov- we're moving on to this one. Yeah, and we're also moving on to track number one, Funeral. Hell yeah. How do you feel about it, Joey? Well, I mean, it starts off with some super churchy organs. So, I mean, it's dark and gloomy. I I just, I love that sound. Like, it's it's a great sound. And so I was listening to this album while playing No Man's Sky, which is a game I've been playing a lot recently. And I'm just flying around space and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'll put this album on, whatever. Like, it was maybe the, like, last Wednesday or something the day after. Sure. And... I was listening to it for the first time and I was just like, oh shit, like I'm flying around space. I got these like funeral procession organs (laughs) coming in and I'm just like alone out here. And it was just like a complete and total vibe. Yeah. And, uh, but like, it's got this, like, I don't know, like the punchy bass drum type beat comes in. It's like a really kicky clappy beat. And it yeah. like builds and builds and builds. And then when that full synth comes in and it gets all bassy, I mean, like that's, that's <laughs> when it just, it just takes off and you're just like, Oh shit. It's got these like starry synths coming in all over it, like playing on top. And it's like, it starts off in a place of a funeral with that organ and it gets new life by the end of the song. It's like the album started with death and is like now in this rebirth phase, I guess is yeah. kind of the general vibe I was getting from this song. I, I like those descriptions. It's very like, it's, it's got a lot of like synth wave elements and it's mm-hmm. got a lot of like house elements and something that he does a lot on this album. And in, in a lot of his music in general that I really enjoy is that he uses like low bassy synths more for rhythmic purposes yeah than, like musical purposes which is really cool i think it's a, it's a nice like texture kind of a thing added and, and it really makes a lot of his like soundscape sound very big and he has he uses a lot of like acoustic drums as well or what sounds like acoustic drums with like specifically toms he does a lot of like big tom hits that, that just sound so natural and it just everything about his like structure i guess <laughs> and, and the instrument choices it's just it's through the roof with energy 
yeah i fucking it's, i fucking love it it's a good time like it's it's a really good starting song and it did not disappoint for uh i guess pointing to the rest of the album i think like it was yeah. it was cool that it started off in that place and then was like okay we're going to start off with the the funeral procession but now it's time to get into the real shit and then it's like takes off yeah and just it's, like, it's kind of like a kind of like a droopy almost detuned kind of organ sound too yeah which i think is just is super cool there's also some like ambient noise kind of sprinkled in throughout this whole album and i think that's just kind of a nice touch that you don't really like you don't immediately notice but there's definitely a lot of like background like i don't know like cave noises in a lot of his songs and like just just various ambientness added to it he's yeah. kind of like reaching his dipping his hands into a little bit of a lot of different genres and kind of blending them in in what i consider his style well it's a very cool style and i hope this style isn't just like a phase that he was going through in 2017 because i mean he has another album that came out so if this was just a phase right. I, I i hope that whatever his new phase is, I will still like it. Yeah. He, he released vessel this year. Uh, I think was, his, was his newest album. Uh, and I, I do believe that state is a phase, but it's a, he, he's more of refining his, his work. Cause state was his first album and phase is track number two. On this album. <laughs> I was like, are you getting it? Are you understanding? Please. Fear not, Joey. I have the track listing right in front of me. I know what's going on. Track number two phase. This is this song has what I consider to be the overwork melody. Yeah, it, it's it's the song is the first one that I think of anytime I think of overwork. Just the melody of it is so like prominent in my mind for some reason. The progression of everything in the song, not just like chord progression, but just like the structure, just builds and it builds and it builds, and I, I really love it. There's some nice echoey reverb that makes me feel like I've stumbled upon some like mad scientist in a big open bat cave situation just making <laughs> sick synth music underground and stuff there's some more like arpeggios he, he does a lot of like high synth arpeggios and stuff that really just like make his songs fly off into the night sky for me and i noted overwork is the batman of house music <laughs> in my mind just like in some underground layer somewhere with a bunch of screens just kind of going at it I, I i don't know how else to describe it I mean, I'd completely believe it because like, I don't know, like, I guess I would describe the end of Funeral like, not necessarily dancey, but it makes me want to like get up, I guess. Yeah. And this song. That's a bold move for, for Joey because Joey doesn't dance as discussed. I don't. So if, it, if it just makes him want to get up and, and start moving a little bit, like that's something. Yeah. Very few uh, people. And it's always like this type of music, but not like never in any other type of music, but congrats to you mr overwork <laughs> yeah uh, there, there's a lot of motion it feels like in a lot of his songs where it, it feels like the song is taking you somewhere and you kind of you just want to go with it yeah it grabbed your hand and it's leading you on a journey uh but yeah dude I've, I've, like those arpeggios that he's got going on like it's just it's a nice ride throughout the song and it kind of zones me out in a really good way whenever yeah. like because the song is building and that's like a through line, I guess, as the song's building, but it only comes in at like the peak, like not necessarily only at the peak, I guess it starts coming in and building with everything, but 
it's you would think of that as being i guess the peak of what it's building up to like that comes in and everything's like now everything's huge but the way that he uses it it like plays more in the melody and like you were saying he uses the really bass synth like bassy synth stuff in a more rhythmic i guess uh uses it more rhythmically and it's like those arpeggios are just like hanging out pulling everything together and i'm just stuck up there and i'm just like zoning out in in space yeah it it is a very spacey album and it's very like i i always think of this as a night driving album i know we talk about that a fair amount on the podcast but like this is definitely one of my like most frequent night driving albums i think and i think overwork intended that I think he is a big proponent of night driving albums because I think he's made a couple of playlists of some of his like bigger inspirations and, and he's made like night driving playlists and stuff that I've, that I've listened to as well. Well, uh, hell so yeah. I, I think it's intentional, but it just, it's such a good vibe for, for this whole album. It's, it's, it feels, it feels great. The song I think feels longer than it really is. And the best way possible. Like I, I just feel it's only three minutes long. But every time I hear it, I just like, I don't know, I kind of get lost in it, like you're saying, and just kind of kind of flow with it. And it feels like it's an hour later when the song ends, but it's not a bad thing at all. Yeah, I mean those those few moments where the song is really going on, they're they're timeless. They are. They're, they're just great like moments. Track number three, moments. <laughs> We're killing it tonight, man. Featuring yeah. Black Atlas, Black Atlas. I don't I don't know how you pronounce his name but he's a featured singer he has vocals yeah. we have vocals in this track yeah boom lyrics everything <laughs> the, the full the full song ditty this one has more of those kind of like detuned synth organs in it mm-hmm. it's got some vocal warbly samples over some like subdued hip-hoppy beat kind of a thing black atlas's vocals are very smooth and airy and kind of like give it gives it an r&b kind of feel which normally i'm not into i don't like a lot of like r&b at least not from popular R&B, I guess, from what I've heard, stuff like yeah. that from when we were growing up when it was like big on the radio and stuff like Usher. I'm never into that. But <laughs> I, th- I think it works pretty well with this music. The chorus comes in with some like fuzzy distortion to his vocals and it, it just feels good. And the fucking, again, with the, 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 this plotting synthwave bass line, just a fucking, I love it. I love the, the whole style of it and and his, his instrument choices and stuff. Yeah, I... I agree, and so like this dude's voice, it reminds me of the weekend. Not like, sure, not like it sounds exactly like him, but just like the singing style, I guess, kind of like that R and B style singing. But uh, I don't know, just like the droning that goes on in the background here, it gives it like almost an eerie yeah. vibe. But not like, yeah, I guess eerie's what I'm meaning to say. But uh, there's like a lot of points in this song with pretty minimal music but he still keeps it real like i'm still paying full attention to the music yes even though it's not as big or as bassy or anything as like funeral or phase like it's still really well done music which is something i appreciate because i i feel like i've probably said it before on albums like this where there's like electronic music house music whatever and they have a uh, featured vocalists mm-hmm. a lot of times i feel like some of the vocals are like an afterthought which i'm not necessarily saying they are here but it's like it gets into this big 
I don't know, like repetitive, whatever thing where it seems like they didn't focus enough on the music or the vocals. But here he's like, you can tell he's really paying attention to the music behind the vocals as well as everything. And that's what I like about it. It's got these like drums that sound like hitting little shells or like bubbles popping or something. And it just like gives it a really cool. There's a lot of like percussive elements in general in the song. Yeah. And I love it. Because it's just, it's nice. It's like scaled back, but you don't lose anything. Yeah, I, I think what you're saying is completely valid about a lot of overworked music with other vocalists. There are a couple more tracks on this album that have vocals, but like, it, I, I always get that vibe where it's kind of a music first and the vocals, not necessarily an afterthought, but they're not meant to be the the prominent like melodic force that a lot of pop music kind of goes to yeah which i think it works because i really like his style (laughs) so he fucking he fucking nails it and it gives me something to reflect on while i'm like i mean i guess i don't really pay attention to to lyrics and vocals well lyrical content we'll say in general but uh I, i think it's it's nice it's fun lyrically the it's kind of vague at this point in the album, I wasn't really sure. I didn't have a, a strong concept for the album. I did end up with one, but at this point it was kind of vague. And then the second verse kind of comes in and grounds it as some sort of love song, but it kind of feels darker musically where he's talking about how he, how he's with someone that gives him the greatest moments and he doesn't want to lose them. And he's ready to do anything to keep going forward. And it was kind of like, okay, I, I didn't really expect a lot of great lyrical content. And I'm not saying that this doesn't have, wonderful lyrics but it just i don't know something about it didn't really click with me at this point yeah for me i didn't like i got the feeling that it was like a not necessarily a love song but like uh sorry i just hiccuped and tried to keep it away from the microphone (laughs) (laughs) but so it's like wanting to know that what you're feeling in a relationship of some sort is real or at Mm -hmm. least like to know what is being felt but i didn't know if it was like like he does at certain points say holding on to my god i don't know if that's like actual like being literal or if it's just like yeah something about like a relationship so i didn't know whether it was like in a religious context or in like a relationship context or in another context that i'm not getting because yeah it is kind of like vague but that's yeah that's all i could get out of it holding on to my god thing i kind of took as just like well i'm along i'm along for the ride yeah kind of a thing whatever force is putting me here on on this earth i'm just kind of kind of rolling with it i mean the the whole chorus says i've I've been rolling with it when i feel love rolling with it when i feel lost holding on to my god you know that i'd die for it so that was kind of this like he's ready to to just kind of keep going with the flow he's happy with what's happening and he's just kind of kind of going with it is is what i had at this point but there's there's an alternate meaning i think that I that I kind of stumbled into later in the album. Well, maybe we can reflect on that whenever we get there. Indeed, after we talk about track number four, reflect. <laughs> 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 Killing it with these these segues tonight, Joey. Yeah, we are. I heard you say reflect earlier, and I, I thought... did. <laughs> and I don't know if it was subconscious or or if I was. I mean, I'm just sitting here looking at my notes, and I have the track list up, so it was probably subconscious. Yeah. But I, I, I caught myself doing it. I'm like, wait, I'm not ready to segue to the next song because we haven't <laughs> talked about lyrics. So I kind of pulled it back. But now we are. We're talking about track number four, Reflect. And this one, it's the shortest so far. It's 
a minute and 59 seconds but it's got like a harpsichord or like kind of whatever that medieval piano type thing is which gives it a really like epic sound yeah i really like it (laughs) it's got like these i don't know these fucked with kind of vocal samples in the background kind of going on under it which Mm -hmm. it's like i don't like epic is really all that came to my mind where it's like i i pictured like a dark stormy night in like a castle or something out yes out on the mountainous regions of somewhere in europe and it's just like you have a cape on and you're just like it's like the batman him. cape man i'm telling you <laughs> he is he's batman and this is how he's how he's saying it <laughs> this is how we find out that batman's real and his alter ego is overwork <laughs> but yeah it, it's got some, some cool instruments used again more for rhythm than melody which is is fantastic. I love it. I mean, maybe that's just because I, I drum and I think a lot more about rhythmic stuff than melodic stuff a lot of the time. But the way he does it, he, like he even uses like a kind of like a toy xylophone kind of thing in this. But again, he's using it more for rhythm than melody, and it's 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 wonderful. I, yeah, I really like, love the harpsichord synth that he he pulls in. He pulls it in a couple times throughout this album, and it always hits perfectly. I think, which it, it's a strange instrument choice, but within the context of the album and the sound of the album, I think it it's fantastic. Definitely. Like it pulls in that kind of dark sound pretty well. Like, I mean, you don't want to have too many like super bright sounds and that I feel like it's, yeah. it's mysterious. It's a little old, like medieval. It's, it's got just kind of that general feel to it that it's like, this works perfectly here. Yeah. And despite it being so like, prominent and adventurous and and like busy and like in the forefront of the song the vocal loop like there's like this this vocal sample loop that's kind of like glitchy that you mentioned like that always pulls my attention despite like how overbearing in a good way i guess the harpsichord is which was, (laughs) was kind of interesting and then the song builds right into the next song which is revival what but but i didn't have time to segue jeremy well i beat you there it's but it's revival at track number five. Track number five is revival. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> no segues needed. I don't, I don't know what I, the fuck I, I was it, doing there. It, it, yeah, you were you were trying to to make a, a segue and I I didn't let it happen. No, it's fine. It's it's totally. But fine. yeah, so it, flowing straight in from reflect revival starts with some kind of like simple drum loop being built, and again it, it sounds mostly like it's like acoustic non digital drums. I'm sure that they were digital drums of some aspect but the sounds that he chose are not what's traditionally in like electronic music. And it sounds really good. I think. Yeah. It adds some like funk guitar for some rhythmic stuff. Again, using a lot of rhythmic elements more than melodic elements Then it brings in the chord progression. It's a bit like clean, slightly detuned maybe again with it. And then brings in like some flourishing, like melody that kind of comes in. There's, there's a slight pause towards towards the middle slash beginning of the song and then the synth bass kicks in and it just takes the song in a very overworked fashion <laughs> and overworked direction as we'd kind of expect it at this point in the album his synths always sound so meaty and rhythmic and i just i just drink it all in i just love ev- everything he does yeah for like so listening on headphones that just rumbly fucking bass yeah. dude like it is <laughs> it's it feels nice it just like not only does it sound nice, it feels good. And I For don't sure. know if that's something he 
I'm assuming he probably thinks about it. Probably. But I like, hope so. it's just like, it's a nice touch whenever music feels good to hear it, like physically feels good mm-hmm. as well as sounds good and feels good emotionally, whatever. But that's right. just like, it's like going to a, to a show and you, he, you feel the bass hit you. Yeah. And it's just, you're feeling that in your head constantly. And it's just, Man, remember when we were allowed to go to concerts? <laughs> oh my God. Remember when we saw system of a down? <laughs> I do. It was, it was one of the last concerts I went. That's eh, I guess one of the last. Sure. I think I have a few at the end of 2019, but it was the last one I went to. Cause I don't go to concerts as much as you. Cause I'm an uncultured swine. You're an old man. <laughs> I am an old man. But yeah, after that synth comes in, it's, Fairly simple, mostly, and then there's this, like, bridge that happens. It kind of takes the track somewhere new and somewhere more hopeful, and it feels like throughout the track you've just been climbing this hill, and at that point you finally crest the top and you have this, like, scenic view of everything in the valley below you, and it's a very, very refreshing kind of feel among this dark and eerie album, I suppose. Yeah, I really like, and this is probably just my inner sad boy <laughs> I, I like the fact that most of the album feels dark. Yeah. For and sure. then there's moments like what you were talking about where it feels like you crest into the niceness rather than something that is generally nice and has dark moments, I guess. Yeah. Like, and I, I think that balance is a recurring theme throughout both the lyrics and the music on this album that I've kind of, that I've kind of put on it. I think it, it was in the next vocal track that we hit, mm-hmm. it kind of like started to sink in like all of the, the, the idea that I've pasted on this album, <laughs> but it's, it's a, it's a lot of the light versus dark kind of feeling. Uh, I need to talk about the next track before we get there though, which is track number six, which is titled need. There you go. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> uh, so he gets that organ sound back here. It's a, uh... Like, I don't know, he brings it back. I I don't know if this is on purpose. It's just something I noticed. And he, the organ sound is prominent at the very beginning, at the very middle, which is neat. I guess it just depends on what your version of middle of 12 is. Because yeah. there's 12 tracks on it. But I was like, it's like on one six, and then, spoiler alert, it's on a... It's on 12. track 12, too. But yeah. it's like the beginning, middle, and end. I also noticed that. Okay. Uh, so it wasn't just me making connecting dots, but I mean, right. I guess it, it was. Yeah, it I mean, I mean, this, I, I would consider the end of this track to be the middle of the album mm-hmm. because this, I mean, it's this is the longest track on the album. It's, it's over six minutes long. Yeah. And it feels like it's kind of, it, it's a good midway point, but it kind of feels like it's closing the first half of the album. And yes. allowing you to start the the next half, so I I would consider the the funeral organ kind of thing coming back as like a a callback and call forward, I guess, and and just like a a fun musical way to split the album. Yeah, for sure. And this one's got like these strings that come in, which yep. you know strings always a fucking hit over here in feedback loop <laughs> over here in Joey Town. <laughs> It's yeah, it's got those uh, strings, and then the organ so- sound kind of like backs out whenever the main synths come in. But the strings mm-hmm. stay, which good on you. Keep the strings because strings are cool, like I just yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> but then the main beat backs out and gets to this like wobbly, heavy part that I don't know. It sounds like 
wobbly is probably the wrong word because we've been talking about like the rumbly bass and everything but it sounds yeah. like almost off kilter it's like what whatever he's using it sounds like the attacky type sound that you get from like hitting the pvc pipes with the paddles like that that really like attacky bum, 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 like yeah. that type of thing and it's just like there's a lot of silence behind it so it kind of feels like you're you're lost for a second like it's it's being used rhythmically and the rhythm is throwing you off a little bit yeah for sure there's definitely a lot of motion in the instrumentation and and even throughout the song like it it feels like someone is going somewhere kind of like what i mentioned earlier the lead synth in the song is so like specific and it always reminds me uh i don't know if you've seen the, the the tron disney movie the reboot tron legacy oh yeah with uh daft punk doing the score but that synth always reminds me of the tron score and if you haven't heard the the tron score by daft punk like absolutely go check that out because <laughs> it's fucking phenomenal yeah. and the synth always like makes me feel like i'm in that movie and it's like it's so specific that it like i don't, I don't know I, I just feel like i'm racing through some like neon computer city <laughs> thing on like a, a light cycle or something um the low bass in the song like halfway out halfway through the song rises up and i get this feeling kind of this, it's not a super like vivid image necessarily but it just feels like a boss fight is about to start <laughs> happening like a villain like breaks out of the, the the ground and the song just like builds to some dramatic climax and it kind of gives me a boss fight feeling and a lot of the the rest of this album kind of has that feeling for me hell yeah uh, the, it the does. last minute or so of the song though has a kind of bittersweet touch that i was picking up on that like it, it felt like maybe the villain was revealed to be a good but misguided person and the hero's kind of feeling conflicted whether or not to kill them and the, the song just kind of like echoes out and it leaves you in suspense just kind of like the ground fell out from under you and you're, you're kind of held there for a moment and that ends the, the first half of the album and starts with uh starts the next half of the album with track seven which is uh calling featuring nikon i mean that's how you say the camera so nikon nikon i don't know nikon nikon it's spelled like i didn't do any research (laughs) i didn't do enough research apparently (laughs) i was just like nikon that's a name that i recognize sure so why not nikon sure the the music in this track is a bit more frantic and it it feels like an underground like cave mine level again i know i've said that before on this album but it, it really like it hits that kind of like donkey kong country mine level kind of thing for me and the vocals come in clean and strong. This is again, another vocal track with Nikon singing. I really like his voice. The music backs it up perfectly. I think he kind of has an almost like Michael Jackson vibe to his vocals. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of like vocal glitches and sampling and stuff in the chorus and stuff, which is kind of fun. Overall, it feels pretty hopeful. So I was kind of like running with this hero villain theme for a second and saying, maybe the suspense from the prior track was the hero or vault villain falling through the ground into the depths of the planet, like some sort of like Gandalf kind of thing falling on the, the Balrog. <laughs> and then the, the song kind of becomes part two of the boss fight where it's now just in a new locale. They're, they're resuming the fight. It has this lovely Daft Punk sample from his Daft Punk anthology mix where he samples over and work it from harder, better, faster, stronger. And he puts it together. So it says overwork it which I mean, his name is Overwork. So it's, it's, I don't know if that's where he got his name, but he's definitely used that a lot. And he, he repeats that like loop several times in some of his other uh, 
Daft Punk mixes, but it's it's phenomenal. Also, the melody in this just I'm just in video game land, I guess, <laughs> at this point. But like the melody of this track reminds me of the uh, the Chemical Plant Zone in Sonic, in the first oh, Sonic game. Oh Jesus! Just just some some elements, some little elements in there, just kind of like pull me to the to that kind of zone, which is interesting. What you have to remind me of Sonic? Do you not like Sonic? No, I don't like Sonic, bro. That bro. that that soundtrack is banging for the first Sonic game. I don't even like the good Sonic games. <laughs> <laughs> the first game soundtrack, though, Joey, you gotta listen to it. I, I'll listen to it's, it. It's phenomenal. I'll listen to it because this album was so good, and I trust your recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, dude, this guy's voice, like, he sings really well. And I, but the thing that I like about it the most is that the effects on his voice almost make it sound like an instrument instead of a voice. Like I can still yeah. uh, clearly tell it's a voice, but like vocals as instruments is a thing is a just a theme that's really nice. So I like that he sings so well and it sounds kind of like an instrument and like yeah with the vocal chops like like the overwork it thing that you were talking about like just stuff like that made me think that I was going to like the second half of this album more than the first. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll let you know how Is that, that works. Case? Maybe it might be. I don't, I don't know. I'm I guess we'll know. find out by the end of the second half of the album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this one, it's just like the vocal melody gets stuck in my head a lot. Like it's, I, it's one of the ones that I keep coming back to, I guess just uh just because it has lyrics, so if I'm yeah. trying to listen to something with lyrics, uh, this is one that I'll come back to, especially because it like has an, another song after it that I, I happen to like, too, that has vocals. But, you know. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Side note, if you really like the vocals in this song and, and how it all plays out, it kind of has a, a Mystery Skulls vibe. I don't know if you've listened to Mystery Skulls. I don't even know what that is. Their album Forever I would recommend if you, if you like the song, because it's kind of a similar style. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll check it out because uh, it. which it's weird that I gravitated towards this one. I I feel like because it's more of like I don't know. It's more upbeat, I guess, than mm-hmm. previous. Like you said, it sounds hopeful, and it does. Like, and usually that's not my jam, but you know, here here it's my jam, I guess, and I like it. Yeah, I'm growing as a person, apparently. <laughs> I mean, you're just getting older, <laughs> getting more accepting. Like I don't I don't know lyrically. This is a song that kind of like I started leaning into the light and dark theme. I like to think that the song is about letting your pain and your past experiences drive you forward in your work, specifically in like creative work where he seems like he's like talking about harnessing your inner demons and turning weaknesses into strengths and, and allowing the overarching theme that I, that I plastered is allowing both dark and light to kind of coexist within you. And I, I think a lot of the album musically has that kind of balance of darker sounds and lighter melodies and stuff. So I think it works on that level. And then in hindsight, thinking about moments, the, the song we were talking about where we weren't really, it was kind of vague and not really sure if he's talking about being in love with someone or if he was talking about something else. I kind of thought that maybe he's talking about his flaws and not a person and he's he's accepting that his past experiences and his mistakes have allowed him to get to where he is. And he's, he's kind of appreciating that aspect of his past and accepting that to kind of grow with it. I like that take. 
that's a good take and i'm gonna take that take and <laughs> act like i came up with it too i mean i had the same general idea as to what the song was about and uh just didn't you know fucking knock it out of the park like you did mr light and dark <laughs> thinking about stuff past just the lyrics i usually don't and i think that's why i clung to it so much on this uh, and like the rest of the album you'll hear me talk about it because it's it, I, I really did kind of gravitate towards it after i got to that point but it, it is interesting that it was so vivid and and so prominent i guess in my in my mind that it was a light versus dark kind of thing Cause, i mean i was talking in the previous tracks about how it was like a boss fight and there was a hero character kind of a thing which is a generic kind of good versus evil light versus dark kind of a metaphor that gets used a lot. And I don't know, it, it just kind of, it kind of clicked. And with a lot of the music being kind of dark and, and, and also bright at times that it, it, it felt right to me. Well, I know that it also felt right to me because I liked the song. So you know next, that I know that. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what the next track is? I know that the next track is track number eight. And I know that the title of track number eight is no. <laughs> you mean like that system of a down song? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly like that system of a down song. In fact, I think this is just, just a, a it's house a cover. version. <laughs> it's a cover of no. Dude, I would totally listen to a house cover of system of a down. Well, let's petition somebody. Once once we yeah. get some clout for being podcasters, I'm sure we can have that. Throw let's that get, let's of... get overworked to make some system of a down remixes. If he did that, that would just be like, pro- I'd, I'd, be able to die happy i mean yeah Pro- i'm probably not actually like, <laughs> but i think it would take a lot more but... track number eight is, is no it starts with some like washed out distant vocals as the synths kind of swell in and it's a very lovely kind of sound uh the song features mars on vocals i really like her voice it's it's very like soulful and calculated at the same time where sometimes I, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna conflict here, but I feel like sometimes that calculated feel is working against the kind of soulful feel that she has, and it it leads to some kind of dissonance, or or some sort of like alternate experience than than what I would expect from I don't know having having this kind of vocals on electronic music thing. Yeah, like I. I don't know. I like, I like just generally like the vocals. I mean, I know I'm a, I'm a person who just just likes, likes things. things. So <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe that's my problem here. Like I would on this song is where I kind of had a thought. This is my, my just struggle with the second half of the album, not struggle. Like I didn't like it because in two more tracks, you'll find out what I really think of this. The second, <laughs> oh. the second album uh, or second half of the album. But I noticed that he uses the arpeggios like yes so much and I, I was I, like I also called out the arpeggios <laughs> on this song and I was like thinking about it and I was like he uses it a whole lot I really like it but he does use it a whole lot yeah and I kind of had to like take a step back for a second and be like the first half of that sentence was that I like it so yeah. Why am I complaining about there being a lot of it? <laughs> and especially given the context that this is like a house album. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing, he he makes it in such a way that all of it, it's, I mean, it's it's an album. It's an album experience. Yeah, it's very fluid. 
Yeah. So it's kind of just like, I'd be fine listening to a 45 minute song. And of course that's going to have some pretty, I mean, we listened to Fishman's that whole, that whole long season was just one song and there was a general feel to it. I didn't have the same, I don't know, hangups about it. So that's kind of like, I got past it that way. Cause I'm like, if, if I thought of this as a 45 minute song, I'd just be fucking vibing to this song right? and I wouldn't even have a second thought about it. So why am I, why am I doing it here? And then that kind of put it in perspective, I guess, for me, at least that part of it. Well, I'm, I'm glad you were able to conquer your, your demons and, and your, <laughs> your issues with this. But yeah, the, the swelling synth arpeggios uh, as she repeats, and I know this, and I know this. It's just, oh, it's so good, the build there. The song gets really dark and ominous as it kind of starts to build the, the main section of the song. And then it kind of like feels like it's a victory lap after the boss fight is what is what I put. It's got a nice drive. It's got some nice like empty echo at parts and it just feels very driven. And then there's the second build in the song and it fakes you out a bit as it mutes the, <laughs> the, the driving synth a little bit. And it lets the lead like synth trumpet away, kind of just doing its thing before just blasting you with the thick synths again. And it's, yeah. it, it's fantastic. And then it blends perfectly in the next track as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like this song right here, I, I think with Calling and then No right back to back, it's just. It's starting I, off the second half of the album on a good note. Yeah, on a very good note. Like, I, I don't know. I keep, I don't know. I keep trying to walk around. I like the second half of this album more than I like the first <laughs> half of this album. Yeah. Why am I, what the fuck am I doing over here? Yeah. <laughs> Which but, I. I think it's is interesting just as a side note that like it that seems to happen not necessarily that we prefer the, the second half over the first, but the fact that we seem to break up albums like that so often <laughs> that I, I feel like that's not necessarily intended in a lot of cases. I think in this case it was probably intended with Need being the longest song, being at the halfway point and kind of bringing back a lot of those motifs. I feel like it was probably intended. But I, I, I'm curious, I, I guess if anyone is actually listening and gives a shit, if you all also tend to think of albums in terms of like the first half or the last half, or if, if you think of them in, in acts, I guess. I know I know some albums are definitely like intentionally split up in acts and stuff like uh, Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon and, and even like Green Day's American Idiot and stuff like that, where it's intentionally split up like that. But on out al- and just in general, I feel like we're hitting a lot of albums where we have stronger feelings for one half than the other, and we kind of draw it at like a halfway mark. So I'm curious if anyone else has those thoughts as well. Well, I hope they do, because uh, in hindsight, that's pr- wait, wait, <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> in hindsight, we should talk about the lyrics real quick. Yeah, shit. <laughs> in hindsight of that almost segue. I definitely think the the light in the dark is a recurring theme here. Uh, Mars is singing about how it's it's not in man's place to determine what is good and what is bad, and that we just simply exist. You know, we we are all that we have. What we do is all that we have. And while that might be kind of a scary concept to some people, that there are like some elements of life that we have no control or power over, it's also pretty like empowering and relieving. I think to know that like there's there's only so much we can do as humans yeah right and and we're only in control of our own actions and so we just need to like focus on ourselves i suppose yeah i like 
definitely it was like this song to me and i i don't i don't mean i feel bad saying stuff like this but i guess i shouldn't but it was like accepting that there is no higher power you're left to do live your own life judge right. your own actions you're the only one who you will be you, you have to reckon your own actions but that's it like it's it's you yeah it's at the end of the day if you're on your deathbed you're the one judging your life there is no no outside force judging your life i guess so right do things do the right things because you think they're right i guess yeah is the is the feeling make make yourself happy do things that make you happy and and strive towards things that make you happy instead of worrying about an outside opinion i suppose yeah and in in hindsight (laughs) we could have come up with a better segue yeah (laughs) (laughs) i heard you say in hindsight like did i a little it was whenever we were talking about calling and i was like in uh, hindsight, how can I fit that in? Yeah. <laughs> it was not not intentional. It's uh, genius. On, on my part. It was probably subconscious again. <laughs> I feel like just have, like looking at the the track listing here is is fucking with me. But track number nine, hindsight in all caps. The return of the harpsichord is so good. Hell yeah! <laughs> That's my first note, and it just like I don't know the, this whole song. It's kind of like an interlude, but it feels like this. Haha! You thought you had won. Where like the last track had this kind of like victory feeling towards the end where this one's kind of like psych there there's this big reveal and maybe things aren't what they seemed and now you've killed your lover kind of a thing <laughs> and it kind of like twists things and it kind of gives it a darker feeling than the the last tracks and then it again perfectly just just seamlessly blends in tonight's because it's kind of this interlude track Nights being <sighs> the next track but that was, Nights, that was an accident. Nights track number two no it's fine i mean i was i love hindsight it's a minute long it it melds perfectly from one track to another. It's just a little in it's between. Beautiful. I fucking and, love the harpsichord. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially how it gets like a frayed sound at the end. It's kind of like yeah. feels like it's falling apart almost, which just gives it that uh, that old style sound, like that medieval, like Dracula's peeking around the corner or some shit. Yeah, you, you just you you fucked up now. You're yeah, in the, you're in the wrong part of the night. <laughs> nights. <laughs> I fucking like, love nights. I'm just yes. like this is probably my I favorite knew, song. I knew this would be a hit with you. God, I just love this I mean, song. It's a, it's a hit for me as well. <laughs> but like it, it this is, I think the most Daft Punk song on this album. Yep, I'd agree with that. It, and it's, that's it's, it's great. It's, it's it's great. It's great. We're both we're both like hesitating. We're both chomping at the bit. It's very rhythmic with the synth setting up the background, and this groovy ass bass line comes in with some kind of like chill eighties wavy synth, giving the the signature Daft Punk groove. I call it. Uh, it's it's got some like altered choppy vocals being sung from like a pair of robots. It's kind of like this duet duet kind of a thing. And that I think is also kind of reflective of the dark and light, but we'll, we'll get to that when we talk to the lyrics, this song is like the epitome of like a summery night drive groove. And I, I just love it. Yeah, I do too. And I was actually taking a night drive on Monday Hell and yeah. had to listen. I mean, I listened to this whole album, but I listened to this song again after the album ended. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like on my way back to my house. It's so good. It is like, just the crunchy feel of that i guess the first that i he called them vocaloids or yeah like sure. they're not not people singing it's like computers right. computer singing and uh 
just damn like it's so crunchy it's so like choppy and breathy and it's just a great feeling and like you were saying like cut against the clean vocals it's just a nice dichotomy and uh man the song is just so fucking chill it's like starts off loose and it's got like that attacky kind of pvc pound sound that i was talking about earlier not like it sounds exactly like that but it's got that really strong attack that i just man like everything about this song is just really fucking good (laughs) and if, if there was a whole album of just this i'd listen to it so I'm, I'm sure that exists. We just got to find it. Yeah. We'll keep we working through it. music. We will on this podcast and we're going to call back to this day and be like, we did it. We've come full circle. <laughs> We've made a full loop in the feedback. Oh my and now God. we can quit our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> our real jobs, not this job. Right. Cause at that point we will have hit massive success with this podcast. Yeah. We'll be bigger than the PewDiePie's and the T series is in the, the who, what's fuck ear does biscuits Pew- does, does pewdiepie have a podcast now i thought he did yeah, but you I know, know i'm I know. i'm so out of that world i don't listen to podcasts at all maybe maybe he just does live streaming i've seen pictures of him at like a podcast looking setup but now that i'm playing into my mind it could be a streaming setup i don't watch him so i don't actually know <laughs> <laughs> anyways back to this album lyrically i, I kind of hinted at this i i think out of context, the song's a bit enigmatic and, and kind of vague and not like super meaningful. But I think the two voices, because there's like a male vocaloid and a female vocaloid, and I think the male vocaloid is kind of representing the dark and he has generally negative lyrics. And then the female vocaloid kind of comes in with the more supportive being kind of the light side kind of a thing. Just just reassuring them, saying, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. You've got to keep on living, but it'll be okay, kind of a thing. Which, again, kind of that that contrast of dark and light in in a vague sense of, like, good... Not necessarily good and evil, but, like, having darker thoughts and being okay with being sad, I guess, or okay with being defeated. And just, just finding the balance, really, that's what I think this album is a lot about, is finding a good balance between the negatives and the positives. Yeah, I, I agree. This song thematically made me think of a song that sounds nothing like this song. And you've probably never heard, but it's, uh, the ballad of love and hate by the Avid brothers. And it's like, not. it's like love and hate being in, I guess, a relationship and talking about like the dichotomy and striking. I mean, in that one, it's more like one sided than this is obviously, but like, that's kind of what it, reminded me of just like the take the good times and the bad and yeah learn to kind of just sit with it i guess which is a it's a good it's a good message in my opinion yeah i like that you gotta like how it was on uh fuck was it no it was calling where it was like you gotta just kind of get through it yeah like and you become stronger yeah and that's i think that's the root of this whole album, in my opinion. So tying it back to one song doesn't, doesn't do it justice in my opinion, but there's some, some electricity in the air <laughs> as we're, as we're talking about this next track, track number 11, electricity. Boom. <laughs> so it starts off with some like sample, like of breaking glass, like it's just like a clip that was kind of interesting for like ambientness 
I suppose. There's some very prominent strings leading the progression here with some like soft drums and synths that kind of come in behind it. The strings disappear when the vocals come in and take the lead. I can't really place it, but the singer sounds super familiar, kind of like an Elton John-esque kind of vocal style, I guess. But uh, I really, really love the, the chorus vocals and the strings. Unfortunately, I'm not like super crazy about the big festival the edm sound of the chorus but i do think it works for for the song i think this this is my one peeve of the whole album is that the chorus for this one just kind of has a generic edm feel which is maybe intentional i think uh, also i noticed that there's some very subtle return of the the funereal organs kind of <laughs> creeping in throughout the song just a little bit kind of hinting teasing at what's to come next uh but uh, yeah i really like the progression of it it covers a lot of musical ground i i really love the lyrical repetition where, he, where he's just saying or did the tv lie to me because it really like drives home the feeling of like pondering the question instead of just asking the question yeah i'm in the same camp with you like after hearing 10 previous tracks of what I came to know is just the sound of this album. Mm-hmm. This was a pretty big change, I guess. Yeah. Not like it's jarring or anything, but it just doesn't seem to fit the same theme, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a bigger, like festival EDM kind of sound. Yeah. And I mean, it's a good sound. If you're into that sort of thing, not that I don't like the song, but, uh, I I'd, I wouldn't say I don't like the song, but it's probably my least favorite on the album, which is weird coming right off of Nights. Yeah, but. I, I'd i find it hard to say that it's my least favorite song on the album because I do really enjoy the song and I really like the, the lyrical, or not the lyrical, but the, the vocals on, on the track. And just like, I like everything about the song except for like the the big kind of EDM sound in the chorus, like everything else. Maybe if you just change the, the instrument, or change that kind of chorus backing melody or something, it, it would be fine. But I guess technically I would say this is my least favorite, even though it kills me to say it, because I really do love the song. Ha! <sighs> I made you say it. I killed you a little bit inside. <laughs> you did. And Just also, you said the vocalist sounds like Elton John, but you said you like the vocals. What's up with that, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know, I hate Elton John. I cannot stand him. And the reason for it is not necessarily his voice. It's just the, just certain, certain songs and just, the, I don't know, just the, the whole, the vibe of Elton John. I just, I, I don't, I don't fuck with it. I don't like it. He annoys me when he's fucking singing Benny and the Jets. It's Benny and the Jets. That's, that's not the annoying. Where you go, Benny, Benny, Benny. Just like, <laughs> ugh, I hate it. I hate it so much. I apologize. <laughs> If I broke your ears, I'll be sure to, to edit that to where it's not super fucking loud. But but yeah, I don't know. That's why I'm like, the vocals sound kind of vaguely in a similar style to Elton John, but it's not Elton John, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> kind of a thing. Well, uh, pro tip for all you uh, listeners out there, we're going to be doing an Elton John album. <laughs> I'm going to hate it. It's gonna be it's gonna be the most heated discussion on this podcast. I have to have something that you hate more than Hella. That just has to happen. <laughs> yeah, Elton John, fucking uh, Shania Twain. I can't stand. Oh come fucking, on, Shania Twain, Maroon Five. I will not. Ugh, I just that's that's a whole. We'll just do an episode yeah. on things I hate. 
let's do that. <laughs> I want to see how many of them I don't mind. Most of them, probably, <laughs> if I had to guess. Anyways, back to electricity. Lyrically, I got a lot of notes for this one. Uh, do I don't. I don't know. Okay, I'm just gonna go into it. To me, the song is about reality versus fantasy, but the the quote unquote fantasy is more so the romanticized life that's shown in TV and and movies and stuff using music as an example. It seems kind of like the singer has seen musicians perform on stage or on TV in music videos or in interviews and thinks the life is so glamorous, but then they become a musician and realize that it's, it's nothing like that. And it's mostly just like a facade or a veneer that we kind of like see through the TV. Cause I mean, again, he's saying, or did the TV lie to me? And he's, he's talking about, feeling kind of betrayed by the TV, I suppose. I think it applies on a grander scale outside of music, kind of tying into the subject matter of the rest of the album that I was painting, where you kind of see these romanticized or dramatized movies where the protagonist goes through some grand events and finds themselves and builds relationships and everything happens so fast and so flawlessly. And then when you look at your own life, it's nothing like that. The happily ever after isn't like the next step. It's not easy to get to that point opportunities don't just like fall at your feet waiting for you to succeed at them. There's a lot more darkness and a lot more struggle in real life, but media tends to focus more on the light moments and in, in films and TV and stuff instead of finding the balance, which again, I think is really the whole point of this album on that note. I think that if things were that easy in life, it wouldn't nearly be as interesting or meaningful when you did anything. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing that life isn't like that. I also feel like, the song might be the kind of zooming out where this whole like simplified light and dark struggle with the hero has maybe been an emulation on like a television show or a video game. And I think this is justified by me having those kind of like boss battle conflict points in in the album where the lyrics are mostly talking about finding a balance instead of a hero defeating a villain where this is kind of like the end of the album where it's like, okay, you thought it was about this, but it's kind of applying on a bigger scale than you realize kind of a thing. And in reality, the lines are much more blurred. There's no good or evil. It's more of just a gray area. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's way more than I got from this album. I mean, it's kind of the same or not album song. Uh, I got like the same general feel, but it was just like coming to terms, I guess with, it seems like the singer is feeling like there was a life he was promised, yeah. I guess, that didn't come to fruition, but it's because it wasn't real, like you were saying. Like, it's there's the version that is shown and is talked about and is talked up and everything, and he was expecting just this bright and easy future, just in general, and uh, he realized that the struggles are still there and really not much changes on a day-to-day there's there's no point where you hit it and it's like now you're in the future or now you're grown up or now you're this person it's like you're always just kind of struggling to make your way and it never really just you never hit a wall where it's like okay i'm past it now it's all in the past now yeah which i think is a good thing i I think that's potentially the best part of life is is kind of having experiences and and striving to overcome those kind of barriers and struggles and stuff that you encounter. Obviously it's not fun in the moment, but in hindsight, <laughs> hindsight, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, it's a good thing. Sometimes they are fun in the moment. Sometimes it, it, it at least is something to focus on rather than 
everything else, I <laughs> the guess. The nothingness that comes after we die. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, I don't have a segue, so track number 12 is rain. Boom! Segway right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's the final track on the album. Take us home, Dewey. Okay. You know, talked it start- a lot on that last one, so. Hey, man. You had a lot to say, so <laughs> that's... It starts off with kind of like a little clicky drum and hi-hat sound, like the, the acoustic type drums that I don't know that I appreciate from him, I guess I'll say. Uh, but then it's got like almost a chip tune sound coming in, but not like, I don't know, it's like an old console or something like, like you're trying to put sounds into a sound card that can't play high quality format. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, that's just what comes at, what comes out of it. But then that bass really comes in and of course it's fucking great and uh it brings back the fucking <laughs> organ at the very yeah. at the very end which i mean I, I skipped ahead to not at the very end but on the on the latter half of the yeah like the last minute yeah and uh it's just i had to get to it because how it started the middle and the end and it's just like you're coming full circle which like i just thought was cool because i listened to like whenever I heard funeral, I thought of it as starting off as a funeral, but then it's a rebirth and it's like the album is continuously dying and being reborn and back. And I don't know. It's like a never ending boss battle, you know, <laughs> we'll go there. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely feel like this being, I mean, a it's titled rain and B it's, it's the end of the album. I feel like this is the quote unquote true victory in life where it's the combination of experiences that you had along the way. And by that, I mean a lot of the sounds in this track feel like it's kind of the, the culmination of all of the sounds used throughout the album that is kind of tying it all in together and making something bigger out of it. Not that this entire album isn't just great, but it, it's just like the song pulls it all together and makes something more. And it just kind of feels triumphant in that way. As far as, uh, the, the constant death that you mentioned. <laughs> I, I didn't put a lot of thought into this because obviously all of my brain power went into track number 11, but I just, a, just a, some, some food for thought. I wonder if this is the funeral for the death of ego, right? Where, where we're talking about, we've, we've talked about not like focusing on worrying about what someone else is doing and worrying about judgment from, you know, a God or, or from other things. And, and, not worrying about what the TV tells us to do. And, and I just kind of like wonder if there's maybe, maybe some like some through line to be, to be thought about where it's, it's more of like ego death than like learning to, to find balance within yourself with dark and evil and, and light, I guess. I like that one more. I knew you would. That's why I put uh, it in there. <laughs> there we go. You like ego death. <laughs> I like ego we've, death. We've talked about it. We talked about it on our first episode. Did with, we really? Yeah, we did. Cause it was Glycera for, it was. Oh my God. Don't, a... don't go listen to that episode. It's a, I mean, it, not that our conversation wasn't worthy, but the, the audio quality is just trash. Yeah. At least listen to Gliss Riffer uh, like on your own yeah. and listen to this album. Uh, yeah, may, maybe you can go back, you can mute YouTube and t- put, put on, turn on auto captions for the Gliss Riffer episode and just read what we had to say about it. Maybe. Yeah. Or what YouTube thinks that we would have <laughs> yeah. to say about it. Yeah, you'll have a much more interesting read about ego death, maybe. <laughs> it's just a nice, it's a, it's a cool concept, the fact that you're, you can kind of reach that point yeah. where you are no longer 
you, I guess. It's just it's <laughs> you're very more than you. It's 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 you're you're less than you in a way as well. It's true. And it's just it's a cool thing. <laughs> it's a cool I wish, concept. I wish we could just everybody just I wish you could do it without like getting extremely fucked up. <laughs> like I wish yeah. there was a way to just do it I mean, without being I'm sure with enough meditation and practice you could you could reach something similar. Yeah, but goddamn, that's gonna take a long time. Well, and look, Joey, nothing, nothing worth doing is ever done quickly. It's something. But, yeah, you know, right? <laughs> I think, I think you're right. But just, just something that I thought about at the end of the album that I didn't want to put a whole lot of, whole lot of thought into, but well, I figured you might, might like that. Um, I like. I'm gonna listen to it again with that in mind. Do, do that, do that thing. We didn't talk about the album art at the beginning. Because I kind of wanted to go through what I thought the album was about before talking to it. Because I think it, it's it's more interesting that way. And I, I think it has potential to happen on other albums as well. But the album art for this is a picture of presumably the man behind Overwork. I don't know that, <laughs> but I assume so. Uh, and he's he has this gray background behind him. And the whole thing's like monochromatic. It, it's like grayscale. Um but it's like he has a shirt on like a, a collared shirt, a button up shirt or whatever. And it's split into sections like strips of different textures along it. Like it's, it's clearly edited. It's not like he, this is a physical shirt that he has, but like the bottom strip of his shirt is like some like skeleton, like a pile of bones kind of a thing. And then the next strip up is just this kind of like mathematical pattern kind of thing. just like a shape repeating and locking into itself. And then above that is more of like a typical shirt pattern where it's just like white with like gray dots all over it. It's still not his shirt's pattern because it's, it's so like static, I guess, across it. And it doesn't like bend with his body, I suppose. And then there's just a little hint of the, the pattern one above it as well. But I think that's kind of tying in with the balancing and the acceptance of the the spectrum right of the darker bits you have to kind of accept that and make that part of you right all all of your darker thoughts all of your darker experiences are that bottom layer with the skeletons and stuff and their lighter moments like his quote-unquote normal happy self i guess with the the dotted kind of normal shirt thing and then there's an in-between there's that gray area which i mean again a lot of this is very gray looking it's kind of a grayscale image and i think that's kind of the the crossover point between the light and the dark and that's taking up the middle section of his shirt as it were and i I just i think that's kind of an interesting visualization of the themes that i was picking up i agree mainly because uh you you put the point so well and i didn't have anything to counter it so really i just repeated myself over and over again I'm forced into submission here. Yeah. I, I I agree with your point. <laughs> <laughs> Repetition legitimizes. <laughs> Who are you, Adam Neely? I am. I am Adam Neely. Surprise! <laughs> it was me the whole time. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's all we got for this episode. What are we listening to uh, next week, Joey? Oh shit! We're listening to Flying Lotus, his uh, 2014 album "You're Dead" with I'm an not, exclamation I'm not dead. point. I'm alive. I mean, so- statistically i mean if if people were watching this maybe somebody would be dead by next week 
I mean, somebody is going to be dead, but lots of people are going to die within the next week, presumably. Lots of people are probably dying right now. (laughs) True. It should be called Dying Lotus, not Flying Lotus. (laughs) Anyways, next week, Flying Lotus, you're dead. We're listening to it. Yeah. Because Joey said so. And that's how the show works. Joey just bosses us around. Boss, 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 boss. (laughs) We we do that (laughs) shit. Anyways, if you guys have thoughts on this album, please let us know in the comments. Listen to Flying Lotus with us. Uh, over this next week and come back next week and talk about it with us then as well because we like it when you stay in our feedback loop bye easy Easy.